Hello and welcome to Mega City Book Club, the podcast all about the galaxy's greatest British comics. I'm Eamon Clark, and for this episode, I'm delighted to have a returning guest, senior graphic novels editor from Rebellion. It's Keith Richardson. Welcome back to the book club, Keith. Thanks for having me, Eamon. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's a delight. Uh, now, of course, um, as we record this, um, it is a worrying time for everybody. We were going to be meeting up in a London pub, but of course, everybody's in lockdown now. We can't do that. So we're on Skype. So I suppose, Keith, the question at the moment is, uh, and I, you know, I accept that, you know, nobody knows for sure, but how is rebellion coping with the lockdown and the changes that are coming in the next few weeks? Well, I mean, it's all, yeah, it's all uh, crazy times at the moment, isn't it? But um, no, Rebellion as a company, absolutely fine. I mean, we, uh, the, the, the beauty of tech companies that, you know, we, we, we do a lot of stuff digitally. Uh, we, you know, we have got the games that we sell on Steam. Um, we've got the digital comics, digital uh, novels. So we're, we're running it really well, to be quite honest. And uh, we've seen a pickup in digital sales, which is, which is fantastic. Um but you know, who's to say what's going to happen in the near future? As far as rebellion's concerned, we are we are very robust and and, and adapting really well for this. But um, there have been a few changes. Um, uh, publishing, are, are, I think the majority of the company now are no longer um, in the office, but we're working from home, uh, which in itself uh, takes some getting used to. But uh, it, it all seems to be running as smoothly as it possibly can. Um, you know, I, I, I'm more worried about, um, you know, the, the, the actual retailers at the moment. Uh, I think publishers like ourselves and, you know, our, our friends across the seas, IDW, we're having the digital comics. Uh, that, that's kind of doing well for us. And, you know, like I said already, the game side is fine, but it's, it's the poor old brick and mortar stores I'm, I'm more concerned about at this present moment in time. Yeah, very difficult. I mean, all the comic shops, I guess, now are closed uh, following lockdown. I mean, as we record, it just sort of like was announced last night, everything's closing down. Yes. um, I mean, you and I, you know, we've been in Orbital in London uh, together, and I guess... Orbital was already in a strange position. Goodness knows what's going to happen after this. I know, I know. It, it's it's a nightmarish time, isn't it, for these stores? And, you know, I, my heart goes out to those guys. And, I, and I'm just hoping when we come out the back end of this, you know, there'll be, um, there won't be too many casualties. Yeah, absolutely. So I suppose if you can help your local comic store by emailing them, contacting them, keeping your orders going, then um, please do. I should mention, I suppose there is some, you know, there's some, there is some good news from Tharg because uh, he's made one of the definitive volumes of Judge Dread, Case Files Five, um, available free to download digitally. I know he's a very kind fellow, isn't he? Really, he is. He um, is. gets a bad rap, but he's actually quite a nice guy. And it is called, you know, that's one of uh, one of like the definitive books of Dread. Um, I think you mentioned it with Mike Mulcher when you did that YouTube video about where to start with the history of 2008. As Case Files Five was always, what, you know, one of the ones to start with. I, I, I probably did. I've had many conversations about Case Files Five. I, I, I think that I've read that more than any of the others. I think we've reprinted stuff out of Case Files Five uh, more times than we have out of any of the other books. So yeah, it's a it, it's a classic. Um, but I, I, I'd say you know so many 2008 fans are, are, are well aware of Case Files Five already. But um, we've also got uh, the first word 
Rovers book um, of the relaunch written by Rob Williams that um, I, I'd highly recommend if people are looking for something new to read. Completely free, and it's a fantastic read. Oh, I wasn't aware of that one. I, I mean, I have read it in hardback or possibly in paperback. But yeah, oh, right. So that's available digitally as well. Yeah, and I urge people to go and check it out. It's really, it's, it's really cool. It's a terrific reboot, yeah. It is, it is, and it, it's going from strength to strength. We're having a lot of fun with that. But, um, you know, we've got our Ruida Rovers summer special coming up soon. Yeah, and there's going to be no Euros. So uh, it was originally called the Euro special, so we dodged a bullet by changing the name some time ago. <laughs> okay, just in time, yes. yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, normally, Keith, we, let's, let's get to the Treasury of British Comics because we usually yes. have you on to talk about a recent release, and it's no exception this time. Tell us, tell us about the book I've brought you on to talk about. Well, I mean, th- this has been my personal, my, my personal greatest find in the Treasury archive. When we first got the Treasury, you know, of course, there were comics like uh, Buster that I was I was well aware of, Wizard and Chip, Scream, which I'm a massive fan of. I wasn't that acquainted with the Odoms books. I did know that the Odoms titles carried a lot of um, uh, American reprint from uh, the, the Marvel stuff mainly. Um, but I wasn't too aware of, of the Odoms titles, if I'm being completely honest with you. So... Um, when I first opened Fantastic, I wasn't expecting to see any kind of original action-adventure strips. And um, like most people of, um, of of my generation and above, so everyone in their 40s and above, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Jack Kirby. And um, I think it was one lunch break, because I was already looking at material in the archive to, to get ready for collections. So I was looking at all the usual titles like Lion and, and Valiant, of course, Scream. Um, and, I, and I hadn't really got round to any of the Odoms, books and um i just thought oh, i wouldn't mind you know i'll have a quick read of somebody's black and white kirby strips and uh i picked up fantastic and i didn't pick up issue one i think i picked up issue 30 odd um can't remember which one it was but it, it, it was an issue where um it was no longer a missing link it was actually johnny future and i was just blown away by the artwork and um you know w- when i saw it up against black and white kirby it, it, it was on a par in terms of how gobsmacked I was when I when I saw it. It was just absolutely brilliant. And of course, I um, I rushed back into the archive, got as many copies of Fantastic as I could find. Uh, we didn't have a complete run, but luckily we did in the end. Um, and 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 I just knew immediately we had to collect this one and get it out the door because it just it, it's it's a we talk about works of art. This is a real work of art. I mean, the, the, just the art is is a different level altogether. Okay, so fantastic. This is literally, I guess, from the pages of Fantastic Comic. Yes. Um, this is the complete Johnny Future, or and the story is the missing link. Yeah. Um, written by Alf Wallace, who I gather was the editor of Odom's at the time. He, he was the editor, yeah. And sort of ran the sort of this their line of comics, Smash, Pow, Wham, and Terrific. He oversaw the power line, yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, mainly, I think the thing that, as you say, that brought it to your attention was the art, which is by Spanish artist Louis, and I'm going to, we're probably going to get this wrong, but I'm going to say Louis Bermejo. Is that how you? I, I say Bermejo. Yeah. Um, a, a few other people in the office pronounce it differently. We can just drop that and call the guy God. Okay. Quite frankly, I mean, yeah, he, he is up there. Criminally unknown by a lot of people that are into comic books. 
Yes. So a um, Spanish artist uh, who, you know, another one who'd found work from the UK market after apparently a collapse in the Spanish comic industry yeah. sometime in the 60s, I guess. Um, which, you know, I suppose they're lost our gain because we got all these great Spanish artists, um, people like Jose Ortiz, who I think he worked in a studio with for a while. Or That's with. right, yeah. And and, and, and another, just a, a, another immense talent um, who, I mean, you know, made, with, with the amount of work he did in, in, the, in the British market, made an immense impact, I think. And Bermejo goes on in the 1970s, I know, to do all those Warren comics, mainly horror comics, Creepy and Eerie and Vampirella. Um, So he's probably most known for that. But this, I mean, I'm quite interested. This was you going through the archive and not knowing about this story and just coming across it. I had absolutely absolutely no knowledge of of Johnny Future's existence. The the scant amount of knowledge I did have on on, on the Adams comics, I knew they were mainly reprint. And of course, I knew there were, you you know, uh, uh, kind of original humour strips like Grimly Fiendish and and stuff like Bad Penny. But I I had no idea about the existence of, of, you know, stuff like Brian's Brain and and um, and of course Johnny Future. Yes, because Fantastic Comic was one of those British comics that was doing black and white reprints of Marvel comics at this time. Yeah, but Johnny Future seems to be one of you know is it possibly the only original strip from Fantastic? We think. Yes, it was. Yeah. Okay, so for anybody who doesn't know, which I guess actually will be a lot of us, because like yourself, I hadn't come across this before. Um, tell us just briefly what's the sort of outline of Johnny Future. Well, it, it, it's a bit. It, it's quite a crazy story, but basically, it started. Johnny Future started life with um, the, the, the the strip was had a completely different title. It was called The Missing Link, and um, one gets the impression from reading it, it's basically about this 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 kind of big game hunter explorer goes to this uh, unnamed tropical uh, tropical continent, and basically comes across this big hulking almost like neanderthal man who they capture and bring back to britain uh, so it's kind of like got vibes of the incredible hulk it's got kind of like a, a touch of kid um king kong in there almost said kid kong that'd be completely wrong um but uh, king kong and um yeah it seems very much that um you know they, they wanted something that was very hulk like that would kind of fit in with the rest of the kind of superhero reprint strips um and then, for some reason, down the line, I don't know if they just if Al thought he was kind of writing himself into a bit of a box, or he didn't know how far he could take it. They just completely changed the strip, and uh, the missing link was transformed into Johnny Future, and the strip was given a brand new title. So he goes yes. from being a, a hulking Neanderthal uh, brute to this kind of futuristic, super powerful Superman trope. Yes, he has something happens to him in an experimental research station and then he sort of super evolves. That's right, he super evolves and as the strip progresses he seems to develop more and more powers. And he becomes a British superhero. We don't, you know, there's not an awful lot of those over the years. Uh, But here we have one. Indeed, and and my God, he's he's a great one. And in sort of like classical superhero fashion, he sort of... uh, 
masquerades as a guy called John Foster who works as a caretaker. That's right. Yes, I was going to say he does become a, a, a caretaker, which is a, a, a bit of an odd choice. You know, they're usually you know mild-mannered reporters or uh, you know philanthropists, but yeah, a, a caretaker he is essentially, which is uh, yeah quite a strange choice. But there you go. And a, a costume which I think he gets from a fancy dress outfitters. Yeah. And then some memorable villains. You know, he has quite a rogues gallery as a superhero, doesn't he? He's got a great. I'm going to say, going back to the costume, he does get a costume from a, a, a fancy dress shop. But he also initially we learned that he applies kind of like a foundation on his face. So one assumes that he's going into bo- into into battle with a lot of kind of white foundation on his face, ah. which is which is also a bit bizarre. Yes. Okay. And I, I, I was very taken with his, as I say, with his rogues gallery, his villains, all of whom oh, yeah. were sort of like, there's there's an animal man, uh, but there's also like the, the master, the brute, the hunter, the giant. They're and the brain. The brain, <laughs> yes, of course, the brain, who again has a super evolved brain as well. Yeah. Um, it's fantastic stuff in a sort of, you know, as you say, it's a slightly wild and crazy story, isn't it? It is. It is. I, I, I do love his. I, I love his roster of villains. I mean, they all look cool thanks to the great art, but um, their, their names they, they they are they they their names kind of relay exactly. It's basically exactly what they do on the tin. So the brain has a big brain. The hunter is a hunter. <laughs> it's quite you know. There's a killer robot whose name is just the killer robot. The killer robot. Uh, yes. Which I, I, I kind of love. Keep it simple for the kids. Absolutely. Yes. So it is this wild and crazy story about a British superhero written by Alf Wallace, three to four to five pages an episode, all, as you say, in black and white, although there is a colour strip from, is it the Fantastic Annual at the end of this collection? Yes, yeah. So there was an annual with a colour strip. And and I, I will say, I mean, you know, uh, let's be honest, the, the, the colouring leaves a lot to be desired on it. Yes. Um, yeah, there, there was one colour story which introduces, again, you've got a whole, a, a brand new, very kind of interesting villain in that strip as well. Yes, I'm just looking at that panel now. I am Disastro. Disastro, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so tell us about the black and white art of Louis Bermejo. Um, and what he does with this uh, rather sort of, you know, crazy concept. Well, it, it, I mean, it, it's just so, it's so clean. The anatomy is just, just spot on. And, and, and the way he does, he, you know, he's got such a great eye for, you know, his backgrounds. When he does have backgrounds, it, you have some panels that are quite stark. And then you have these these backgrounds that have got these super detailed london streets and london locations that are just picture perfect and um the marriage of the two just works so well um i like i say i mean you know it's just it's just really really gorgeous to look at and um i i i I'd never i'd never heard of him before i don't think i came across this stuff but um, I really, I really do wish I could get some more of his work. I believe he worked on a um, Lord of the Rings adaption at some stage in his career, which would be quite interesting to look at. But it, but it's very clear. It's very clean, and and, and right, every there's not one duff panel that I can see. It, he is quite. I mean, it, he does amazing work. You know that he was putting this stuff out every week. And as you say, some of his backgrounds, it is a very British comic. You know, you get yeah. these lovely British locations. Yeah. And then his 
his landscapes, his background detail, his sort of cross-hatching and so on. It's just gorgeous, isn't it? Well, this is it. Now, what, what I wasn't able to establish was whether or not he ever made it over, actually physically made it over to the UK. Um, so if if he did, uh, if, if he worked on a lot of these backgrounds just from photo reference, I would be absolutely astonished. Because there, there's some absolutely, you know, you've got the big landmark pages where you've got Trafalgar Square and pages where you can see Westminster, which are great, absolutely phenomenal. But then you have straight, uh, you know, some some pages later on, for example, when he's battling uh, Mr. Opposite, and you see these pages of just like just just normal London streets, and they just look so they they just, they just feel so authentic. And look so authentic. It, it kind of really gave me flashbacks of London in the seventies when I was growing up. Really, you know, it just felt so legit. I'm looking at a page where the missing link is on the top of a London Routemaster double decker bus. <laughs> yeah, that's a good page. And on the next page, he's he's clambering up. As you say, it's very King Kong. He clambers up uh, Nelson's column. And it's all beautifully done. And then, you know, he's got almost like Ian Kennedy uh, style helicopters flying around. So, you know, he can he can do it all in black and white on these pages, can't he? Well, this is it. I mean, there's a page, I think it's page uh, 137, where Johnny's smashing a window front of a store. And that store's right next to like a little semi-detached house. And you've got like a car parked in front and pavement. And it just, it, 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 you know, just seeing that panel alone, I don't even have to see any text to say that is a, a British street. That is a British, you know, that's a British street from the oh, from late it, 60s, yes. early 70s. It is, yeah, just, isn't it? Just so spot on. It so is. You know that's not a street in Milan, that's not a street somewhere in Madrid, that's so British. And it's great, it's beautiful. And as you say, these Spanish artists, and it fascinates me, I mean, of course now I'm sure most of your artists are submitting all their stuff digitally, but then all these parcels of pages were crisscrossing Europe every week. Yeah. Um, you know, it's... It, boggles the mind in a way you know all this stuff flying backwards and forwards and as an editor it must have been i'm sure you were sort of like waiting on the post all the time am i going to get the pages in time <laughs> yeah yeah i'd say you know lots of squeaky bum moments back in those days absolutely so you've mentioned you know that it's very crisp black and white art it looks beautiful i'm looking at a digital version um i guess We've got to also, again, as ever, thank the reprographics department at Rebellion, because um, I'm guessing this is all from scans, is it, Keith? This is entirely from scans. I mean, God only knows where these original pages are, if they even still exist. I've never seen out. I've never seen any of these out in the world. And you know the whole the whole of power line. In fact, the, the whole of Odoms is a it's a bit of a mystery. I. I, I truly wish i had more um info on the whole autumn setup and 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 the company and, and a lot of people that work there but we've got scant amounts of information um i, I would yeah I, I would love to know um where these pages ended up i would love to know more about mr alf wallace himself but um yeah there, there's a lot of mystery surrounding the uh autumns and, and the autumns titles uh lots of gaps that uh, in in our knowledge even 
Yeah, okay. I mean, it, it, it is fascinating stuff to learn a bit more about this sort of like uh, overlooked part of British comics history. Yeah. Um, yeah, and as you say, finding a strip that none of us had heard of and bringing it back in this wonderful hardback collection. And I guess, you know, as ever, we have to shout out to Joseph Morgan and the team for doing such a stunning work with the scans and making this artwork really pop off the page. Yeah, this one this one was, uh, I think, all Joe, and he'd done a great job on it. Yeah, it, it just, it, you know, it, it, it goes without saying. I can't praise him too much because his head's going to grow. But, <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's... he's very very solid is joe he's done a brilliant job on it fantastic so that's it's johnny future the missing link it's the complete johnny future that's all of it i guess from yep. the pages of fantastic comic uh he has some madcap adventures with some wonderful um villains all with their sort of very descriptive titles and it just it's mainly it's just the stunning nature of the artwork it truly is i mean you know the, the stories are good there's some there's some bizarre uh, bizarre parts to the narrative, which makes you scratch your head. But uh, you know, in, in a kind of in a kind of good way, it's out there. It, it's got a bit of a, it's got that sixties vibe to it. It, it. it is quite outlandish <laughs> in many respects, and uh, you know, Johnny does tend to like pick up new powers, like they're going out of fashion towards the end of the book. Uh, you know, there's there's one moment where he's walking down the street in his in his cloak and his costume, and then a couple of a couple of stories later, he's able to fly, just because he can now. Yes. <laughs> you know, there's some big leaps in. You know, there, there's a lots of, lots of gaps that don't quite get filled, but I mean, it's still it, it's it's a brilliant strip, I think. And um, as you say, I mean, it is so memorable because of this gorgeous artwork. It is, um, and I will just mention again that there is a a colour episode at the back of the book. And as you say, although the colouring is probably a little bit on the sort of basic side, the artwork in that episode, I mean, I've mentioned Ian Kennedy already because we get some jet planes, some like a fighter battle, and Louis Bermejo's work on that is just stunning as well, isn't it? Absolutely beautiful, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, as, as we've already said, his, his backgrounds, the, there are some panels that are quite stark, but they work so well against, you know, the, then you'll jump to another panel and it's just full of real, real detail. And um, the detail on the on the landscape panels, just unbelievably accurate and authentic and great. He just does it all. He's a, he's the whole package. His people are great. His anatomy is great. He does action really well. Yep. This is a this is an extremely talented artist who, just on the strength of this, seen that he was really into what he was drawing. He was, yes, and it's just fantastic work, as I say, churning out these three to five page episodes. But yeah, producing work of this quality is just stunning. So I'm guessing a lot of people probably aren't familiar with Johnny Future. So you really need to have a look at this uh, collection, and particularly perhaps look at the sample pages on the 2000 East Store website. Because it is just stunning work. It's quite amazing. What a find from the huge archive. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. I just, yeah, I, I'm so happy that they did. And, and even, even happier when I found out that, yes, we actually did own this one. Because at first, I wasn't sure if, you know, not knowing anything about it, I wasn't sure if this was some kind of obscure Marvel reprint. Um, but no, it, it was just a joy when we unraveled all the paperwork and found out, yeah, this, this is ours. Like, brilliant. 
So, Johnny Future, the complete Johnny Future, is available in hardback, I guess, on the 30th of April, the day after this podcast comes out, or thereabouts, uh, Keith. Yeah. It's 19.99, but I guess the digital version will be along shortly at 9.99, I presume. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I believe that's the case. Cool. So have a look at it. Get a, you know, get a look at this artwork because really Louis Bermejo, you know, so fortunate to have some work collected uh, in a British comic by him because it is just fantastic stuff to look at. Um, and if you want a sort of quirky British superhero, then Johnny Future's your man as well with his great rogues gallery. A hundred percent. And, you know, if anyone, um, if there's anyone out there who, who might be listening that knows a little bit more about the artist or, or about Oddams in general, um, please do get in touch because I'm, I'm intrigued to find out some more about not only about this great artist, but about just Oddams in general. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all those uh, comic historians um, who, you know, people who run the f- successful blogs, um, let us know some more about them. Get in touch with Keith at Rebellion. Yes, please do. Please do. Keith, let's play the Grail Page game. If oh, do you know what this is going to be so hard this oh, time? Yeah, okay. Usually it's quite straightforward, but this time, I, I mean, I'm really—it's going to be a struggle. Uh, you know, you, you've kind of already—I mean, that page sixteen you've named when you've got the missing link on top of the bus. You know, you've got a, uh, another beautiful missing link page on page nineteen where he's on top of Nelson's column. It's a really difficult one, Eamon. Right. It's a really difficult one. Have you got one in mind yourself? So I have chosen one myself, which is moving on to Johnny Future. And it is page in this collection 114. And I sent you, I think I sent it to you on Messenger. So this is the page that partly is sampled for the front cover. So it's an opening page of the strip, Johnny Future, and it says, High above London's ancient city, an impressive figure sweeps soundlessly across the night sky. So we get this marvellous image of Johnny Future flying in front of the Houses of Parliament, and then we get a little bit of him down at street level at Harwood Electronics where he changes back into his secret identity. But it's just that opening image of Johnny Future over London that I've picked, and it's that, that's a, that's a, yeah. I mean, but yeah, I mean, you, you've got a good one there. That that immediately jumped out when it came to putting the cover together. Um, I, when I saw that, I said, "This has to kind of be on the cover." It's so, such a strong image, isn't it? Really, it's fantastic. Yeah, it just it just sums it up nicely. You know, it, it it's so super heroic. You know, he, he does Superman proud there with that kind of that that. Right, pose of him swooping down. It's really gorgeous. Yeah, I think you got you, you chose quite a good page there. So we're going to give you pages sixteen and nineteen then with the. Uh... Well, they're both lovely, but right. they are. Look, I love both of those pages, but they are missing link pages. It's it's almost like a, a story of two halves. And as as much as I love the missing link, I'm more of a Johnny Future fan. So I would have to go for a Johnny Future page, if possible. Any idea which one you're going to pick? I, oh, it's so difficult. I would say probably page 106. Okay, so let me just have a look at that now. It's a page, yeah. It's got the, the, the now, my, my favourite villains in the whole story. I love Animal Man and the Brain and the Hunter. They're all great. But I've got to say, I love the Renus aliens. The Renutians, even. Yes. And this page has got Johnny Future tearing into a bunch of Renutians 
beating the crap out of them, getting taken out by their leader, the killer robots on the page as well. And it, it, it's just lovely. There's small panels, but so much detail in them. And, and I just love the Venusians look fantastic. They look slightly rude. <laughs> um, but my they're my they're my favourite they're my they're my favourite villains out the out the whole lot. Yes, they do look slightly strange. Pete Wells could probably you know uh, interrupt an art competition with his version of the Renusians. He, he, he'd have a field day with the, yeah, with, without a doubt, he'd have a field day with the Renusians. But I, I think they're so cool. They're like um, they're like UK versions of scrolls. They are shapeshifters. Um, in the original form, they do look, you know, they do look a little bit rude, but uh, I, I just think they're great. I think they're great. And just to see Johnny cutting loose and this whole kind of group of Venusians trying to jump him and he's just swatting them away. The killer robots in the background almost looks like he's cheerleading in that top panel. But, um, yeah, I, I, I love it. I love it. And it's got some great dialogue on that page as well. So if I did have that original page, I'd want the lettering on there as well. Yes, uh, it's lovely. Especially for that beautiful round panel top right. Yeah. What a great strength these earthlings possess when they wish to struggle. It will be necessary for me to suspend his life force. Otherwise, he will escape. I mean, it's just it's classic nonsense, isn't it, really? Yeah, it is great love, stuff. Love it. So those are the Grail pages. As ever, I will post these images on the forum and all the socials when this episode or in the week after this episode comes out so people can see what we're talking about. And do get, you know, have a look at the uh, complete Johnny Future. Obviously, it's a difficult time to be ordering things, but digital is going to be available. Get, yeah. get it. It's going to be lovely. Yeah, it's a real treat. It's a real treat. So, Keith, let's turn to the rest of the Treasury of British Comics because 2020, for all the problems that we're all having, but 2020 is going to be a big year for the Treasury. You've got a lot of interesting releases already out. Yes. I've just done my episode about the first volume of the Trigon Empire with Chris Weston. Yeah. You've also had an action special come out as well. That's right, yeah, the Action 2020 special. With uh, And if you got it from the website, you got the reprint. Yes, got the reprint of the famous sort of uh, pulled issue of the original Action comic that, uh, I don't know, it's only about 30 copies of that survive, I think, in the wild. Yes, yes, we were really lucky to, to um, have been given uh, scans of that original so we could get this thing put together. Okay, so that's out, um, and, you know, updates some of the stories from Action and includes a news story as well. And I got it, and I thought it was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. I particularly enjoyed the return of Hook, Jaw, and Shaco. Oh, yes, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it was a no-brainer. We were like, well, what can we do to make this a little bit different? It's like, hey, let's throw in a Shaco. Yeah. Absolutely, you can't go wrong. <laughs> it's fairly Shaco. Uh, people have kind of the, the, there's been people in the past that have suggested that the two should meet up. So I figured now's the time. And indeed they do. And yeah, um, spoilers, but yeah, it's two killer animals from the history of British comics. Why not? Yeah, why why not? It's got to be done. So what else? You know, is- yes, we left it. We left it on that. We, we we left it on a high um, on that that final page. The, the magnificent Dan Lish. Um, artwork has them kind of engaging in a battle. We, we didn't want to go beyond that because I, it, it's too hard to pick a winner, you know, and we'd be crucified. Who, whoever came out the victor, we'd be crucified by one set of fans. So, you know, it's for you to decide that outcome. But yeah, it was a lovely looking strip. 
So, yes, so that's out already. You've got some Dredger, you've got some Kids Rule OK, you've got Hellman of yes. Hammer Force, written by Garth Ennis, with uh, art by Mike Dory. Which... Mike Dory back, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it was an honour to, uh, to work with the man. I bet. That must have been, you know, quite a thing to edit those two, yes. Yeah, it was like, well, well, you don't tend to edit them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're that professional. You just, just them at it. Don't have to do anything here. Yeah, great. I wish it was like that all the time. So tell us, pick out some highlights from the rest of the year. Any of the um, collections or specials? Well, we've got one in, one in our immediate um, immediate timeline would be the Masters of British Comic Art. Oh yes. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was a, it was a nightmare putting it together because it was such a massive thing. But uh, David Roach has gone above and beyond, and I think this is a definitive look at the history of uh, British comic art and British comic artists. Um, yeah, really, really lovely book, and a, and a great, I'd, I'd say, a, a must-have for anyone who's who's like us, interested in British comics. So I'm really looking forward to getting my copy of that. And advance warning that will be coming up on the podcast very soon as well. I'm not surprised. It's, yeah, you, you need an extra extra long uh, episode to kind of deal with that. So that's great. Uh, what else is coming out during the year that you're particularly excited about? Uh, well, we've got the, the Smash 2020 special uh, has been a lot of fun. Um, there's a great Steel Claw strip by um, Charlie Higson and Charlie Adlard, which um, had me grinning the day I got the script in. And uh, when I saw the art, I was just like, wow, yeah, this is good. This is great. This is going to excite a lot of people. So I'm extremely, extremely looking forward to getting the, the Smash special out. In terms of reprint, though, later on in the year, um, Concrete Surf is a great one-and-done story. Yeah. Um, by the ever-amazing Pat Mills. Uh, again, because I, I didn't read girls' comics um, for obvious reasons when I was a kid, um, I, I had no knowledge about this strip till we were going for the archive. And, uh, yeah, the artwork is absolutely amazing. And, of course, you know... Pat's um, Pat's ever reliable when it comes to telling a good yarn. So concrete, uh, yeah, the concrete surfer is a great looking story, and um, that's the yeah. one about the uh, the young what, skateboarder. skateboarder. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. As you say, from a British comic. Which do you know which comic that was from? It's from Ginty. Ginty. Ah, yeah. right. Okay, so that looks fantastic. Really cool. And I've got to say, you know, it was um, that was brought to my attention by uh, Maz Smith. Uh, one of the editorial team uh, who's doing a great job kind of plucking out these fantastic girl stories that none of us kind of gruff blokes know about. But we should know more about. We should some, know of them more were, about. some of them were fantastic. And as you say, written by Pat. Uh, yeah. We know John Wagner was writing loads of them as well. Okay, so there's lots of great stuff there. Well, in August, we've got um, Death Squad from the pages of Battle. Fantastic, yes, and, um, yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I long wanted to kind of have that in the collection because it was one of my favourites when I was growing up. Um, I always liked the title logo; thought it was brilliant. So uh, I've got to push the guys in the office to get that on a t-shirt. But the story's story's absolutely brilliant as well. Um, I'm a big cross cross of iron fan, so um, yeah, this story kind of resonates with me. It, it gives me. Uh, it kind of resonates quite well because it reminds me of Crossfire so much. And then, of course, yet yeah, later on in the year, I think September time, we're going to have um, the... Uh, in fact, is it a little bit later? I think it's September or it might even be October now where we've got the Battle the battle Special, Battle of Britain Special. Oh, yes. And, uh, yeah, that, that's a 100-page beast 
yeah, some of the stories we've got in there, you know, Garth is returning to do some um, Rat Pack. Uh, Keck W's done uh, an amazing, amazing strip, which I, I can't give any of it away yet. But um, yeah, it, it, it wouldn't look out of place in in the Battle of Old, and uh, Staz is providing the art for that. But uh, yeah, there's, there's some great stuff in that in in, in the special. Great stuff. And uh, we've also, I know we've got second volumes of Black Max, The 13th Floor, The Trigon Empire will be out later in the year, the second volume. That's right. That's right. So, and, and of course, you know, um, later on, uh, in, in, it's been uh, in so much demand is the second volume of The 13th Floor. So that's going to be out in October. Uh, presumably is that jose ortiz again that it's all ortiz all the way through so um uh, it'll be we've got the 13th floor volume two out in october and i i'd, I'd say you know it, it's going to all be collected in a free volume so we can have the last volume out in 2021 but um yeah that, we've, we've had quite a few requests for the 13th floor i think the first one went down quite well Yes. So uh, I mean, it, it 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 never kind of it, it never stumbles. It's 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 Ortiz, Grant, and Wagner, you know. So it's just quality, absolute quality all the way through the run. Fantastic. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that as well because yeah, as you say, the thirteenth floor is such a big success. Uh, we did the first volume on the podcast. Really enjoyed it. Jose Ortiz, like Louis Bermejo, really, you know, one of those great Spanish artists that we were fortunate to get working on British comics. Yeah. And lovely yeah, atmospheric yeah. black and white art. Just absolutely, absolutely beautiful artwork. Again, really, really cool. We recently, um, I did. I, I was wondering, do you see the the Misty Geordie Badea Romero? Yes, collection? I have that on the shelf here. Yep. Great. Yeah, because there's there's another artist who, you know, not as famous as his brother, but uh, an, another artist who's kind of flown under the radar somewhat. Um, who deserves to be out there uh, and more well known? I'd highly recommend uh, when it comes to like back catalogue books. If people haven't seen that yet, then you should order it up right now. It's gorgeous stuff. And uh, again, uh, it's all about the artists. Later on in the year, come December, a nice Christmas present for everyone. Uh, I don't think it's as well known as a lot of his other strips. What we got the Ken Reed football funnies. Yes, that's right. More Ken Reed, which is always always marvellous as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't. I, I wasn't aware of. I, I collected Royal Rovers. Never picked up Scorcher or Score or anything like that. So uh, again, was over the moon to find all this other Ken Reed material. And while we're on the subject of funny comics, I think the Core and Buster special, fun special, will be out sometime as well. Yes, that's going to be out. I believe it's on the fourth of April. Ah, so that will be out by the time this podcast drops. Yes, yes. Like like many people, I signed up for the uh, the specials bundle um, on the 2080 website, so I'm getting the specials as they come out during the year. As you say, we've already got Action 22, got Core and Buster, Smash, yep. Battle. Got Battle, we've got a Jinty uh, special again. We're going to have a Misty and Scream special. We've got a Misty Christmas special. So, yeah, a lot. A hell of a lot of new material coming Royal up. of the Rovers as well, I think. The, the Royal of the Rovers summer special was the Euro special, but as there's no Euros anymore, it's the summer special. Fair enough. Okay, so if you do want some football this summer, you're probably going to find it on the pages of Royal of the Rovers. Yeah, and for all um, for all the old uh, Royal of the Rovers fans out there, David Sieg, who's one of the uh, one of the best known Royal of the Rovers artists, um, has a story in the new special. So uh, that alone is worth picking it up and checking it out. 
it must be, you know, one of the great joys of having this archive in the Treasury to actually be able to bring back some of these artists and creators and get them to work on strips that they are so, you know, they're associated with from the past. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I just wish that the archive purchase was, was done over a decade ago. Uh, imagine who we could have brought back. Yes. You know, uh, through no fault of rebellions, you know, because obviously the stuff wasn't available to buy back then. But it's such a shame that um, we've missed out on just getting so many of these wonderful artists back for one last hurrah, at the very least, you know? Yes, or just a cover or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Such a, such a shame. Such a shame. But, hey, you know, we, we, we're getting the guys that we can get to kind of come back and, and, and do some work. So, you know, it's an absolute joy to be able to kind of you know get a contract back and some art back from mike dory to do something new yeah and uh, yeah david sieg likewise you know that was my generation i was reading his stuff um in void rovers when i was a kid so again it's just a bit an absolute pleasure to be working with these men yes i must be a, as you say that must be a delight when the pages come in from them oh, it's just it's just crazy <laughs> you know it's a, a real real kind of head scratcher you know i just can't believe it yeah brilliant news brilliant already. news yeah and while we're talking about covers um i was talking to chris weston because i think he's done the cover for the second volume of black max he has indeed which should have been made public by now um it's a, it's a stonking cover it's absolutely gorgeous Yes, uh, I think I've seen it, and it is just stunning work. Uh, yeah. We talked about the first volume, you and I, I think, back in the pub a year or two ago, and uh, now the second volume's coming out, so that'll be fantastic as well. And what a cover. Oh, mate, it, it, it's just, it's, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, Chris cannot do any wrong. I mean, his, his love for these characters is just quite evident. Um, when you when you when you see what he produces, and um, he has done a cover for um, another strip we're collecting up in 2021, which I can't say too much about yet. But the covers come into the into the office, and it's another it's another home run. Fantastic! So long, long may Chris reign. Absolutely, yes, yeah. More, 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 please. I love the cover for the Smash special as well, the 2020 Smash special. Um, all those old British comic characters he's brought back. Yeah, it's really, it's really, he's really impressive. Like, like I say, Chris is one of those guys who's just gone from strength to strength. So fantastic stuff coming from the Treasury of British Comics in 2020. If you haven't done so already, go to the website and order the bundle of all the different uh, special issues and you'll get them as they come out. But also look out for some of these sort of beautiful hardback and paperbacks that you're bringing out throughout the year. Yes, yes, indeed. And don't forget that The Vigilant's going to be wrapping up in the pages of the Judge Dredd magazine. And then there'll be a collection, a trade paperback. And then there'll be a trade paperback as well, yeah, for all the Vigilant fans that are out there. Yes, that's me. I've ordered it already. <laughs> Is that you? You're the one guy. It's you. Yes. No, no, I'm not the only one, but I've ordered it already, yeah. <laughs> so it is terrific stuff. And also, um, you know, while we're all in lockdown, go to the website, download Case Files 5, but also download the Rob Williams first volume of Roy the Rovers. Is that Ben Wilshire art in that? In the Roy the Rovers, yes. Yes, yes. Is, Ben it? Wilshire. Yeah. Fantastic. Great, Keith. Well, thank you so much for giving up your time and coming on Skype to do this. I'm sorry we couldn't no we couldn't meet up in one of your favourite little quiet pubs in London. 
Hey, can't eat, I, I don't even have any beer at the moment either. Oh, no. Can't get beer, yes. No, supermarkets, they're all swiped. But luckily you can get digital comics from 2000 AD and Rebellion exactly. and the Treasury, so get those. Do indeed. And, yeah, that's, you know, fantastic stuff coming up this year. Anything else you want to mention? I think we've probably covered most of them. No, just um, stay safe and, and keep buying comics to keep you occupied. Exactly, yes. Please do stay safe, stay indoors, and uh, read plenty of digital comics from uh, the Treasury British Comics and Rebellion. It's great stuff. Indeedy, indeedy. Thank you, Keith. Thank you for coming on again. And thank you to everyone for listening to Mega City Book Club. As ever, find out more at megacitybookclub.com. Find the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the 2080 forums, and on Spotify. Get in touch if you want to discuss uh, an upcoming book. Uh, if you want to distract yourself from lockdown and speak to me on Skype, do get in touch. Uh, and that will do us. So until next time on Mega City Book Club, when we're passing judgment on another 2008 book, uh, it's goodbye from me and. Bye, everyone, and uh, see you in the funny pages. Bye. Bye.